0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. We are halfway through this week. We have Bill Barnes with us today to get us through another hump day, another Wednesday. Happy to have him here with our weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He will bring some strong thoughts, some strong opinions, and maybe some controversial uh stories or ideas, but that's why he's here, to stir up the pot. We really appreciate his uh, involvement in this podcast. Additionally, guys, I want to promote a new podcast that's out there today. It is called the Lady Piper's Podcast. Selfishly, it is a uh, promotion of my girlfriend who is one of the hosts of the podcast. Her and her best friend Tress Maximik have a podcast just talking about what it's like to be Lady Bagpipers and their various journeys. So give it a listen. They had their first episode last week. Couldn't be more proud of them. Their second episode should air today, uh, Wednesday, later in the afternoon here on the West Coast. So give them a listen. If you like them, give them a a little shout-out as a favorite. Uh, You know, I'd appreciate that as a uh, supportive boyfriend. But, hey, if you're not interested, that's fine, too. But check them out. As always, guys, you can follow the Get Home Safe podcast on the our Facebook page, the Get Home Safe uh, Podcast Facebook page. Additionally, on Twitter, you can follow us. Get Home Safe Pod is our handle. And if you'd like to email us, please do so at gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. Really excited for the remainder of guests this week. Uh, already looking forward to next week. I got to tell you, the guests are already piling up. I got another uh, uh, message last night from a long-lost friend who reached out says he's really been enjoying the podcast wants to get involved wants to come on board and 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 I couldn't be more happy to have him so uh guys reach out if you know anyone who would be an interesting guest feel free to 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 uh, let us know we're really looking forward to hearing from everybody uh let's make this friend friendly let's let's try to uh, include everyone and And uh, Yeah, pile up the guests. It's been the best way for me to to put these episodes out, a much easier way than just me sitting around talking about uh, nothing really, just my random thoughts, so I'm really happy to have guests. The more the merrier. Uh, We're backed up right now, but we're recording episodes with guests as we speak and then posting those episodes probably a week or so later, give or take, but that's kind of the process we have here at the Get Home Safe podcast. It is Wednesday, like I said, and that only means Bill Barnes is. He's here every single Wednesday with us. He is our only guest that is weekly. Uh, some of you may not like that. Some of you may like that, but uh, I'm hoping that you, you find something entertaining from him. He's always got <laughs> got a very unique outlook on things. Uh, he is here every week, and, and and we wouldn't have it any other way. Here, we are promoting our guests the night before with a photo on Facebook and Twitter just to kind of give a face with a voice. So we put that out with Bill last night. I tried to get him to have a, a less creepy picture, but he was all about it. So I said, "Okay, you're 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 the guy. You're the main you're the main guest. We'll we'll put out what you want, but we'll have <laughs> we'll have photos out of our guests uh, every every night the night before Uh, just to promote them and just so you guys know kind of what is coming so we really appreciate the support the feedback has been amazing the just little text messages here the facebook messages the emails it's been wonderful and overwhelming guys so thank you we are approaching 700 plays and i can promise you after this episode airs today with bill barnes we will easily be above 700 plays so thank you to all of you, we can't have a show without you. You are the ones driving the numbers and driving the the listenership. It's really motivating to us to put out good product for you guys. So thank you to our new listeners. Feel free to go back and listen to any podcast episodes that you may find interesting. Even if you chime in for a few minutes and see if it works for you, or it doesn't. You know, we've put a lot of hard work into all of those. So usually the title will tell you who's uh, who's on the. The podcast that day um it could be uh you know in the description if nothing else but we're working hard to put out good content so if you like an episode or you you want to listen to it all the way through or just a portion of it you know either way we we appreciate it and, and it gives us some some ideas about what people want to hear okay, so without any more information without further ado I want to bring on our our main event our main guest for the day our weekly guest mr Bill Barnes so strap in guys it's going to be a fun ride as it always is there'll be plenty of uh controversy and maybe some differing of opinions but that is who Bill Barnes is so we are happy to have him and let's get it going <music> Well, it is Wednesday morning, and that can only mean one thing. It is time for our uh, weekly interview with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The always colorful, always controversial, uh, strong opinion and random thought. Mr. Bill Barnes, welcome to the show. Matt, good
1: morning. It's a beautiful (laughs) Wednesday. The sun's out. It's warm out. Um, I'm feeling pretty good, even though I'm, I'm still under house arrest um it's 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 not a bad day to be to be alive
0: no no sir not at all i got my coffee here bill i got a, i got a pen next to me just in case i need it and uh, you know always ready for, for talking with you
1: okay good two things number one what music <laughs> did you bring me in on this morning
0: uh well that's you know dealer's choice as always last week we had you uh, on your your southland uh, you know, uh, television show music, but but we're we're here to help you, Bill, whatever you like.
1: Okay, well, all right. I thought you'd already made that decision since you're the host of the show, but since other <laughs> I was people have to do, that. since other people are obviously having to do your work, we'll we'll table that for another time. <laughs> um, another, you know, here's here. I woke up this morning, and you know, I always wake up with random thoughts, and one that just passed through me, it's, and it's just a statement. Don't read into it, but you know, there's three billion women in this world, 3 billion with a B, B boy billion. And I've never had real good luck for long stages of a time with, with, with such people. And I'm thinking <laughs> there's 3 billion people, 3 billion women in this world. It's not them. Maybe it is me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's taken you 60 years to realize that bill. Huh? That's uh,
1: Hey, I think, you know, my life may improve from this point on having full, uh, knowledge and um recognition that that uh, you know the 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 problem may be, the problem may in fact be uh, me so you know it's going to make me a better person i'm going to you know do some self-realization that that it's not them it can't be three <laughs> bi- it can't be three billion that has it wrong it's got to be me so let's move forward
0: yeah yeah you're used to that cop mirror in the interrogation room right that, that looks that's actually a see-through at someone else instead of
1: Trade secret, trade, t- trade Those are trade secrets. I can't give them away.
0: <laughs> well, Bill, we're happy to have you on the program as always. Uh, Bill is a former Riverside police officer, current college baseball umpire. He, he is here every Wednesday. And Bill, as you know, we're growing a little bit here on the Get Home Safe podcast. We're approaching nearly 700 total plays. We've gained a lot of listenership. And, uh, you know, you're, you're a big part of that. People are a big fan of your segment.
1: Well, you know, they like to they like to listen to people that make themselves feel better about their lives and, you know, move forward. And And I, I try to do that with everybody. I try to, you know, at times be, you know, come off as, as somebody who, you know, will make someone, no matter how low they are in their life right now, feel better about themselves. So I, I'm a giver.
0: <laughs> yes, you are, sir.
1: Well, one, I, hey, I, one thing I just want to uh, yeah. do a shout out to. um to Tracy. Uh, I listened to the show and boy, that was, that was good. Tracy's got, you know, he, he should be, uh, he should be in radio too. I mean, great stories. Um, You know, obviously uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh liked me a lot more than he liked him. So, you know, that's all I want to touch on that, but I really enjoyed listening to Tracy yesterday and um, uh, Godspeed to him out in Henderson, Nevada. And uh, he's in retirement and I wish him the best. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and you know what stuff. he doesn't remember when we worked together we worked together in a division three football game at pomona pitzer college okay. back in uh 2003 or four and he was the back judge i was the field judge he had a play in his area which what he he went with a completed pass and a fumble and i came in and i overruled it on a with a no catch which you know saved the day i might add uh, I, I it was a he even told me great crusader call so it would be very very convenient for him to not remember us together.
0: Like <laughs> yeah absolutely hey old what's his name made a great call yeah, it was... yeah right. <laughs> well done trace well done <laughs> uh <laughs> well Bill I got I got this pen here and I know you're a big proponent of of you know having a having a pen to stir your drink with and such but Valerie brought up something last night about uh who is, Tom, in... who, who, who is Valerie no. Valerie is uh is my <laughs> wonderful girlfriend who who tolerates me and uh, now, you know
1: I, I just want to <laughs> now now I don't know if you covered this with all of your you know uh, millions of listeners but who introduced you to Valerie by bill the
0: way? you get the credit again we made sure we we covered that in the in the Valerie episode
1: okay well she, I'm gonna have to listen to that one then
0: yeah yeah you were you had uh, a huge part in that as well no, as I, I, I destroyed two other life.
1: I destroyed her life, and I apologize for it.
0: <laughs> exactly. See, you, there's three billion women, and you're just picking them off one by one. Even if you're not involved with them, so here, go, go hang out with this guy. Oh, Bill, what what are you doing, man? <laughs> that one, what? that one even made
1: me laugh. You're not supposed to laugh at your own at your own jokes, but I, I got to <laughs> chuckle at that one.
0: Jeez, oh man. Well, uh, back to the pen. You know, I, I made a reference to to the pen in the in the drink uh, the other night. Mm -hmm. in the hotel room and she said you know i really hope uh you know bill bill sanitized all those pens in the hotel rooms because because you know that's definitely something they don't clean and they got me thinking with this whole virus thing i said you know what bill who knows you may have uh, pushed around all kinds of viruses with your with your pen stirring in hotel rooms
1: no doubt but you know the amount of alcohol i put in a drink it's no doubt probably seeking every bit of bacteria and um and, and, and whatnot uh, out of it, so I, I feel comfortable. I'm, I'm I'm here. I'm here breathing another day, and I, I feel good. So you know what, we'll take them one day at a time.
0: <laughs> well said. Well, Bill. Speaking of the whole Valerie connection, you know there is one individual that I would like to call it at this moment. I, I I won't say his name unless you feel uh, it, it's appropriate. But uh, you know he's a friend of yours. He's a he's a current police officer. He's very critical of both you and I. He's a hilarious person, and I would love to get him on here sometime.
1: The one only, the, the famous. Uh, you know him. You love him. I'm stealing <laughs> the David Letterman line. You know him. You love him. You can definitely live without him. Michael Patrick Gilbert. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. Well, yeah, uh, uh, Mike, if you're hearing, you know, uh, you, you need to get on you know, here. Mike, and-
1: Mike listens and he, He'll – he says that he wants no part of this, but he secretly listens to us. Mm-hmm. and I, I know he laughs. Um, you know, he, he, he made the statement to me that, uh, that you had the, the uh, uh, hosting ability uh, of, a, of a funeral director. As, you know, and that's, you know, pretty much what, what would come out of his mouth. You know, he's not going to compliment you with a compliment. He's going to compliment you with an insult. And that's just the way he is. And we've known to grow and love him for that. And uh, he's still currently working. He's one of LAPD's finest. Um, you know, at at one point in time, I think he held the record for most uh, suspension days on that department. And if you can do that without going to federal prison, then then you're you're uh, you're doing a great job.
0: Yes, he's a great guy, and, and and we love him. He he puts down people with the best of them in in a very humorous way. So I would love to have him on. It would be great if the three of us were on at the same time. Just like old times, that would be that would be real riot.
1: Mike Mike loves to have an audience. And yes, with all of the listeners that you have, he would he would probably you know relish at the at the opportunity. And I'm I'm gonna do my level best to get him sitting next to me at my kitchen table here, and we will sit next to each other with you uh, at your remote location, and uh, we'll try to do a we'll try to do a threesome.
0: <laughs> we got to make it happen, man. And, and Mike was very influential as well in, in me eventually meeting Valerie. And, and, uh, you know, you guys were both, uh, we'll say encouraging <laughs> to me to, uh, you know, make a move <laughs> for crying out loud instead of just, uh, ignoring the poor girl. But, uh, you know, the methods worked and I appreciate you guys both giving me the push.
1: Well, you have the, you had the ability to, uh, to, to, you know, pick up women like, uh, bubbles from uh, trailer park boys all you needed was the thick glasses and you two would have been uh, complete uh, twins
0: <laughs> yes and with that type of encouragement you know that that is what gave me the uh, <clears throat> gave me the ability to move forward with that so eventually i just so got tired of, you, of listening to those to of Mike.
1: you that don't know who bubbles is google him right now <laughs> google bubbles trailer park boys and you will see matt with thick glasses i i i, I shit you not Uh, Do yourselves all a a solid and do that immediately.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) well, enough about me, William. Uh, Let's move on to uh, anything you want to talk about off the top of your head right now.
1: Well, you know, we had spoken a little bit earlier in the week. We both watched. You you gave me the heads up to watch a show, a six-part series on Netflix called Waco. And Mm -hmm. I did, and it referenced, the show referenced the Ruby Ridge, uh, uh, I think it's a, basically a tragedy, I think, um, from earlier in that in the year, 1993, um, or 90, it happened in 92. Ruby Ridge was 92, Waco 93, basically to put it all in a big nutshell, these were inherited, um, complete, um, Tactical fuck-ups by the alcohol, tobacco, and firearm uh, units of the uh, federal government, to which the FBI had to take over. And unfortunately, they both ended very, 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 very bad. Um, again, I'm not sticking up for these criminals and these these, these folks that, that had, had committed crimes or else these folks wouldn't have been knocking at their door. But I will say, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail. I'm First of all, I am mm-hmm. not an expert at At uh, you know tactical entries by in, in situations like that, but I know enough that and i 've been around enough incompetent administrators and incompetent leaders in police agencies that this was the perfect uh, result of those things and mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you had a a child and a woman die needlessly in Ruby Ridge to which. <clears throat> The sniper involved in that uh, situation was uh, was charged, but not convicted. And also in the in the Waco situation, fifty one days of pure uh, frustration ended up in in them basically burning to death seventy six people. That I'm not going to say were innocent at all, but it could have been handled different. We're all twenty twenty hindsight. We're all Monday morning quarterbacks on this, but. Yep. But in in watching that, um, there were a lot of red flags that came up that that uh, things should have been handled differently. And do I know the answers on how to answer and how, how to do it differently? No, but things in the you know that was twenty five years ago, I guess, or twenty seven <laughs> years ago. <clears throat> things have sure changed this since then. Uh, time is used a lot more effectively now. You wait people out. And you use different, you know, tactics to get them to come out with a peaceful solution. Um, was David Koresh an innocent man? Absolutely not. He was a, a, a psychopathic uh, nut job that led his people into a certain fiery death. If he'd have given up, his folks would have come out, you know, with him. That didn't happen, and the tragedy ensued. Uh, Was it a good plan? Probably not. But, um, you know, we're all life is all end result oriented. Uh, If he would have come out peacefully, even after day 20, day 25, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. It would have been a whole different set of circumstances. So unfortunately we learned as a law, as law enforcement at both state, local, federal level, we learned how to deal with things a little differently. Hopefully we put, better people in charge of making decisions and uh, you know, we, we moved, we moved forward. So that's about it. I got on that unless you got some, unless you want to ask me some questions on it, which I may be able to answer. I may not. Cause I'm not, You know, again, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but it, common sense will tell you that it, it shouldn't, both of those situations mm-hmm. should have, should not have ended that way.
0: Well, my only comment, Bill, you know, I think it's relative to today in this regard, I think there's a, group of people out there, I don't mean a small group, I think there's a good portion of people in America who feel that, you know, with, with the way current things are, there is definitely this fear of a, we'll call, I don't know what a better term other than police state, where the government can just step in and do whatever they want and say whatever they want uh, and, and push you around if, you know, if, if they find that you, uh, you know, you, you jaywalked, then they can pursue you for other things. And it seems like right now with the coronavirus and all this shutdown and, you know, government and police pulling people out of the ocean for, again, they're not doing what they're told, but it just brings up a real interesting discussion about what is crossing the line. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yes, that's what caused the, the, um, the separatist movement back in the nineties, you know, Randy Weaver up in Ruby Ridge and Koresh Mm -hmm. and his bunch down in Texas, they got tired of, 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 uh, being being you know chained to the man of 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 living the way government dictated you to live and that's why weaver who was a highly decorated you know uh uh green beret served his country he decided that he was going to go live in a in a cabin in ruby ridge uh idaho and get away from people and you know sometimes people take it to a to a higher extreme and and and, and you you develop, the, you know, the Aryan nation and, you know, bad things come out of that. But again, talking about in the um, uh, in times now. Yeah. Do I think it's right that a surfer, a guy out in the water who comes comes onto the onto the shore gets a thousand dollar ticket for surfing? No, that's, that's ludicrous. It's that's stupid. Um, who's he hurting out there? I mean, he's not given I mean. Unless, unless you can pass mm-hmm. the coronavirus to a, uh, to a fish or, or to something out in the ocean, I mean, that's, that's stupid. And, I mean, yeah, it, common sense has got to prevail here, and sometimes common sense is just not something that we as human beings have. And I'll be honest with you, uh, sometimes at the government level, common sense is a complete, complete foreign body mm-hmm.
0: well I want to I want to touch on that because I know I have that written down here I know you know you, you're a little upset you're not able to watch your show Bosch because of some technical difficulties uh, I'm a few episodes into this season but I can already tell you that, that there is this you've been in law enforcement a long time I- until you retired. there seems like there's this constant uh divide between local law enforcement and federal law enforcement. So what is, where does that stem from? And and why is it that the feds and the local cops seem to never get along?
1: Well, I I think it, I think it originates from the fact that, you know, sometimes there's that, there's that stigma that when the feds come in, they're wearing a tie and they've got a college education and, and they're, they think they're smarter than we are. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. Um, When I was a young cop, my training officer and I went up to a house up near UC Riverside Two doctorates, two professors that had doctorates were having a family beef and they couldn't, they couldn't get along. And these are two well-educated people with probably 20 years of education between them. And you had two full doctors with PhDs behind their name, having a family beef. And you've got my training officer who had a GED and myself who had a little bit of college we're up there taking care of their problems. We're telling them that, that just because she overcooked the um, uh, macaroni and cheese and he didn't mow the yard and they're having a family beef and you got two dumb shit, um, uh, you know, city workers up there telling them how to handle their beef. Well, it goes even further into, um, you know, you know, the the FBI or, or any federal agency against the locals, Sometimes we get the feeling that that we think they're too big for their britches, and they in tune tune come in and think we're just a bunch of dumb uh, uh, local yokels that don't know how to do law enforcement. And there's that stigma that's there, and I've seen it, I've experienced it. However, I must say this. I used to work a lot with um, the Secret Service people in, in Riverside and in the L.A. office. Those guys were great. They never carried an attitude. They were, they were absolutely fantastic human beings to deal with and when the sun went down and it was time to go get a cocktail, they were very fun guys to hang out with. They had great stories <laughs> and they loved their local cops and there was a great relationship with those guys. I could tell you stories and I, I could but I won't because these guys are still around but um, <laughs> let's just put it this way they were a lot of fun, but getting, getting back to your question. Um, yeah. So there, there, there's a, there's a, a bias going in that they think we're dumb asses and we think they're too big for their britches. And sometimes there's, um, you know, we rub each other the wrong way, but it takes the right kind of person to come in and kind of put their ego aside and, and on both, you know, on, on both fronts and, and make a better you know living arrangement. So, that's where it stems from, I think is there's a built in bias between the two, and maybe it's changed since I was working. I hope it has for the better.
0: <laughs> well if uh, if the show uh bosch, which is kind of set in present time has any inkling uh it, it doesn't seem that it, that it has there's definitely some uh some pushback on, oh, yeah. on both sides yeah, and it, it as an outsider it's fun to watch okay, it's fun me, to before see we
1: go on let me just say this i'm really yeah. fucking mad at Amazon right now. I paid my, 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 my subscription for, for Amazon. I put my credit card in. The credit card's good. They took my money, and I still can't get the frickin' channel, and I'm really, really mad right now. And if any of your, 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 your 9 million guests has any, any um, ideas how I can remedy that, please get a hold of me because um, I'm paying for nothing right now, and I'm really, really irritated that I can't watch Amazon Prime. It, or maybe it's just my lack of technical skill. It could be that too. So I
0: just wanted, to, <laughs> well, get, like I wanted three, to get that off my chip. Yeah. Sure. Like the three billion women, Bill. You know, it might not be It's probably an me. Issue. It's probably me. <laughs> I would love to help you. Uh if I can get over there and uh, again, if you're asking me for technical help, then then you're in real trouble. But uh we'll we'll see what we could do. Let's get that up and running at some point for you. Great. Uh speaking of the Secret Service Bill, like you said, you can't go into really details or anything. Were were but were, were you able to uh you said you were able to work with them a couple different times back when you were working I, I think, law well, enforcement?
1: Yes. yes, I I, I was. I, I did some, you know, a lot, you know, we had the Mission Inn in Riverside. The Mission Inn is a big famous hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember when Bob Dole was running for president, he did a big stop there, and I was lucky enough to work that um detail. And um, let me tell you something. Those guys are professional. They leave no stone unturned, literally. And um, they do just a tremendous job. They're professional. They know how to talk to people. Um, And uh, that was a very, very fun, rewarding assignment. And I remember, you know, I have memories of that that I'll I'll take forever. I, I also was lucky enough. During, and I think I believe it was in 2000, and I want to say four or five, something along that line. I was lucky enough. Uh, I, I worked this assignment in uniform. I worked at at the Mission Inn. There's what's called the Presidential um, uh, Suite. It's in the rotunda, right near the hotel itself. Well, President George Bush the second was in town to do something, and I was assigned to guard the elevator, probably. 40 feet from his front door at, at wow. 3 PM to 11 shifts. So I stood there in uniform and guarded the elevator. And, um, you know, we were told, Hey, don't talk to him unless they come out and he talks to you and then keep it short, keep it brief, yada, 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 you know, common sense. You're not going to, um, pull out a, a pen and pencil and ask for his autograph. You're just going <laughs> to nod and, and be professional. So, I was assigned that that job, and lo and behold, about, I don't know, 12, at night, um, I, I, don't know, I think she was the secretary, I, I can't remember what her title was, but it was Condoleezza Rice, came up in the elevator with two agents. She she went over, she met uh, President Bush outside his door. He was in pajamas and a uh, uh, bathrobe. He looked over at me, he nodded, and his, his words were, you have nice weather here for October. And I said, yes, sir. And so that was my extent of my interaction with uh, President Bush. And they looked at some paperwork. He signed something. And then she left, got back on the elevator and went down. And I'm thinking, you know, wow. I mean, this was great. And um, (laughs) six months later, during the heat of the summer, um, probably seven, eight months later, actually, um, uh, Vice President Cheney was in town. And I had the same job, three to 11. And of course, the setting sun in the summer is beating on me, standing at that elevator. And you, you had to be in a class A uniform, which was long sleeves and a tie and all that good stuff. And I am just per, uh, perspiring something fierce with the heat. And as they walked by me, uh, as I got off the elevator, his wife, Lynn Cheney looked at me and said, you look to be overheated. She said, get this officer some water. And so, you know, the, the service agent scurried somewhere, got me some water, brought it over to me. I thanked him. And she was really nice. And th- the funny thing that I noticed was that, you know, they always have two limousines at the entrance, wherever their escape route is. I'm not giving away any secrets here. Everybody knows this. There's two limousines, just like there's there's two Air Force Ones and there were two ambulances. So you don't, don't know if, he, if if Cheney, you know, had one of his infamous heart attacks. You don't know which ambulance is going to the hospital. Well, they had a cardiologist. They have a cardiologist with him at all times, twenty-four-seven, in case you know he has a a, a uh, myocardial infarction. They're right there to uh, administer aid to him. And I thought, you know, these they, they spare no expense at the executive level like that. Believe me, they have backup teams for backup teams. And that kind of goes into my my rant from last week on. Being overprepared. trust me, they are overprepared. and uh, those were fun assignments and you know part of the stuff I look back on that was rewarding and 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 fun and and you know I'll, I'll remember you know forever so that those were the fun parts of of uh, of the job.
0: Sure, and, I, and I'm and I'm positive there was plenty of uh, not fun parts too, and, and things you had to deal with out in the field, and also with uh, maybe some other cops I, I and tell, federal- I
1: can tell one. <laughs> I can tell one funny story. I won't use the agents. Okay. Name. I can tell one funny story. We had a, okay. a going away party, a going away lunch for a particular agent in the Riverside office who was leaving. He was going to go back to do his protection work in D.C. He was a pretty good friend of mine at the time. I liked him. I I'm still friends with him, but I haven't, I haven't talked to him probably in 10 years. I don't know where he's at now. I'm, I'm sure he's doing well and he's probably retired, but anyway, we had the lunch and it was at a Riverside Brewing Company, which is now heroes in Riverside. So we started at lunch. This turned into late afternoon. Then it turned into dinner then it turned into after dinner drinks. And it's probably about seven, seven thirty right now. And, he needed a ride home because his, his um, government car that he drove was taken back to the office since it was his last day. So he was stranded there in Riverside. He lived in another city at the time. So I said, yeah, I'll give you a ride. No problem. So we drive home. and He goes, hey, he goes, uh, let's stop for one more. One more uh, final file for the night before I go home. I go, sure. <laughs> so he stopped at this little seedy bar near his house. We went in. And keep in mind, this guy was the cheapest guy in the world. He didn't know how to use an ATM machine. He didn't have, he never had money. His wife would give him an allowance. And if he spent it all on the first day, he was done for the week. So we're sitting at the bar and keep in mind, he had eaten a huge meal of sauerkraut at the uh, Riverside Brewing Company that afternoon. He kept eating it, eating it and eating it. Well, we're sitting there and he orders a Coors Light for me, a Coors Light for him. He says, Hey, I'll be right back. And he goes, I'm assuming to the restroom um, he, in about probably 30 seconds later, he comes back. I hadn't even touched my beer yet. He hadn't touched his, he comes, he comes back. He throws a $20 bill on the, on the bar and says, let's get out of here. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what did you kill somebody in the bathroom? Well, what the hell happened? <laughs> and so we go to the car and I, we get in and he's as white as white can be. And I go, what the hell ha- What, 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 what happened? He goes, you're not going to believe this. I go, probably not, but try me. He goes. It's a one staller. I backed in. I knocked the door off the hinge. As soon as my pants came down, I'm going, I'm going, butt backwards in. I lost it. He goes. The problem is there was already there was already some guy sitting there.
0: Oh my lord. Yeah.
1: And I guess he splashed this this guy something fierce. The guy started yelling and screaming. So he pulled his pants back up, got the hell out of there as soon as he could. And I knew something had had really gone bad because my car stunk something fierce. So we got to his house, which was two blocks away. We walked in. I walked into the backyard to say goodbye to his wife because she was leaving too. And he takes his wallet out of his pants. He takes all of his stuff out of his you know, pants, keys, everything, and does a backwards backflip into a swimming pool. Clothes, <laughs> everything. And his wife looks at me and she goes, he's been drinking, hasn't he? I said, that's not all. <laughs> and... Uh, we said our goodbyes and we've seen each other since a few times a few times and you know it was a it was a pretty good story. I mean, I, I can only imagine the poor guy sitting there and he sees some guy coming in ass first and he got splashed. That would not be the way to spend your evening. No, not, not anyway, at all. Anyway, oh, oh that's my. my that's my one story, and uh, for that was of many that I could tell. So
0: <laughs> sure. Well, Bill, you've always been a Riverside man, uh, growing up, and just in the law enforcement work out there, you had a relationship with the Bonds family—the uh, Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds. You you, uh, you you grew up knowing them and spent some time with them as as an adult, even as Barry Bonds was was playing baseball. So, what can you tell me about some of your experiences with the Bonds family?
1: Well, <clears throat> I I went to high school with. A guy named Brian Darling. Brian Darling is the nephew of Bobby, cousin of Barry. Uh, okay. Bobby's mom was uh, a lady named Rosie Bonds. Rosie is still with us. She's doing well. She um, was an Olympic hurdler in 1964. I think she won a, either a silver or a bronze medal at the either Tokyo or Rome Olympics. I can't remember where it was held. But she was an amazing athlete in her own right. All the Bonds were. Completely outstanding athletes they all went to Riverside Poly High School um, and um, <clears throat> Elizabeth which was Barry, uh, Bobby's mom and Robert Bobby's father lived um, in Riverside Brian stayed with them and Brian and I were teammates in high school so I would go over to Brian's house and um, Mr. Bonds and Mrs. Bonds were very nice extremely nice people And I was able to tag along when Bobby played for the Angels in 1977, I believe it was our senior year and in my senior year in high school, I went to baseball games, angel games, and was able to tag along with Brian. We'd go down to the locker room and we'd get, you know, we'd last about five minutes before Brian said something stupid and we got kicked out. And, um, you know, we'd go to the parking lot and wait for Bobby and those guys after the game. The the players parking lot at that time was behind the left field fence, right near what what was what used to be where the big A was in left field. And I remember seeing Frank Tanana come out, um, you know, Bobby Gritch, oh God, um, you know, Nolan Ryan, uh Jimmy Reese. I talked to him one time, what a great man he was. Um Frank Robinson was a coach on the Angels then. And um, Bobby lived in Orange County then. And, and um, Barry at the time was probably about 13 or 14, I think. And that's when I first met Barry. And um, when Bobby was traded off, you know, for the 247th time in his career, I think he went to the, um, I think he was traded to the Cleveland Indians. I don't know where he went after the angels. But anyway, I would see Bobby occasionally in town when he come home in the off season or when he retired. And uh, I would see him um, around. I saw him at the post office a few times when I was working he, he was always real friendly to me. And um, uh, so I, I got to see him both and I saw him, you know, there were a couple of times I saw him um, off the field um, in the wee hours of the morning. And I, I did what I could to get him home in one piece, because as we all know, Bobby liked to, you know, he liked to hit the, hit, have a drink, a one or two drinks and sometimes one or two more than he should have. And, luckily when i was working he would drop my name and whoever was working and dealing with him would call me over and i'd you know i'd say okay i'll, I'll take care of this guy and I'd, I'd take him home you know being a good public servant we want to serve the public and, and you know i mean you know he had a he had a, a a park named after him right down the street from where his mom and, and dad lived and and bobby was you know just a, a really nice man um sometimes you know the um uh, that double juice would get a he'd drink a little too much of it and and sometimes he would you know he, he would get in trouble a little bit and then to his credit later on in life he he completely quit drinking and and uh and uh, found his way and 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 was a wonderful man and and unfortunately died at a young age i think he was fifty seven or fifty eight when he died and you know it was it was really too bad and and but he was down deep a really good guy, and I really liked him and my dealings with Barry were limited. Um, I, I met him a couple times after a game at, at um, Dodger Stadium, and you know he was not really one of of, of too many words. But he was always friendly to me because he know that he knows that that I helped his dad out, and I was friends with his dad, so he was always nice to me.
0: Cool. That's uh, (laughs) Barry Bonds. I mean, everyone was hating him at the time he was making his late run. I can tell you one, I'll tell
1: you one Barry story. Um, Okay. This happened in San Diego after a game and, and Brian, I was with Brian and this was when, this was the year that he broke the record, the um, home run record. He, um, I think he hit two home runs that night in, um, in San Diego. And, of course brian unbeknownst to me told barry we would give him a ride to the hotel after the game so he springs that on me as we're going down to the to the giants locker room and they were playing at the old uh, qualcomm at the time so we go down there and <clears throat> there was this was during the time of the year when there was rumors that there was going to be a player's uh, strike or something of that nature and they wanted to interview uh, Barry that night. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk. So they're in, in Dusty Baker's office. And I knew Dusty. He's another Riversider. I had met Dusty a few times and he, he saw me and waved to me and, and motioned me in his office. So I went in and I sat next to him as the press came in and he was given a press conference and <laughs> I'm sitting next to Dusty Baker in his office as all these cameras come in. Well, obviously they're not, I'm out of the way enough to where, thank God I didn't get on, on camera. But they're interviewing him and, and this and that. And uh, he's saying, well, you know, we support whatever the players want to do. You know, B- Barry doesn't want to talk to you guys. You're going to have to talk to me. Yes, he had two home runs. Yes, blah, blah, blah. But he's went on and, and gave his postgame uh, spiel. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Barry comes out. We go to my car. We get in. And he's staying over in Coronado at the at – the, um, at the hotel Coronado. So we, I'm driving him over there and, and uh, he doesn't say much in the front seat and I almost missed the Coronado bridge. So I had to go four lanes over from the fast lane all the way to get onto the bridge. And he about has a, a a fit thinking that I'm going to get in a wreck and, and, and uh, take him out. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, if I did, I would be like instantly famous. (laughs) Right. But it didn't happen. So you know, we got him back to the, we got him to the hotel. Okay. He looks over at me and goes, Hey Barnes, he goes, uh, here's, he gave me a hundred dollar bill and he goes, you going to spend this. And I go, well, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, Barry." He goes, well, I was going to sign it for you. I said, you can sign it all you want. I'm still going to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed and shrugged his shoulders and went on his way. And, and, um, <clears throat> that was about it. But, uh, that was a fun night. That was a fun night.
0: Wow, Bill. You know, you're someone who you've done it all, man. I haven't really
1: done it all. I've been lucky enough to be in the wrong wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time. Correct.
0: Yeah, Um, well well said. (laughs) Well said. Well, you know, you talked about the Bonds family. I'm assuming, uh, I don't know much about the Riverside Hall of Fame, but I'm assuming that they are both in the Riverside Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, when is the infamous Bill Barnes going to, uh, get elected uh, or, or selected to the Riverside hall of fame. Any, any words on that?
1: Um, Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> if I could borrow, if I could borrow uh bill Howler's words to Earl Weaver in that famous uh, video, uh, someone would say to me, Oh, you're going to be on the hall of fame. You're going to be in the hall of fame for what? <laughs> Fucking up calls on the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I,
0: oh boy. That is,
1: that is completely out of my hands. And, uh, you know it, if 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 the time comes that they are desperate enough to have people um being considered for that, I'd be honored, but trust me, i'm not holding my breath
0: well well to to steal a line from you, of course, you know if they're desperate and you're available uh it's going to happen.
1: I would not turn it down i mean <laughs> I mean that would probably get me a free drink somewhere, obviously six feet away from someone at a uh at a socially acceptable distance. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Every every week, uh, every Wednesday is a treat talking to you, Bill. What else is on your mind? Fire away! Is there anything else uh, you want to say before we wrap it up here in the uh, near future? Well, shoot! We've only gone
1: forty minutes. We we uh, you know I've got the rest of the day. We can't we can't end this course. Okay,
0: we that's can't. why I got to give you a warning though, like like you know twenty thirty minute warning because I know uh, you may not take a breath here in the next twenty thirty minutes. Uh, perhaps could be. Could be. Um
1: well, you know, I'm 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 I got nowhere to be
0: I got nowhere to be. I'm here. I'm here for you. All
1: right. Well, you know, um uh you know I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little uh, antsy to, to get some uh restrictions lifted from from our uh our restrictions on, on, on uh living. You know, I think it's great the Riverside County just lifted their ban on on golfing. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can uh go golf now in Riverside County as long as you wear a mask and you adhere to you adhere to the uh policies on social distancing and you can't have a caddy. So
0: carry your own bags.
1: Carry your own bags, drive your <laughs> own cart, absolutely. Um so I think that's good. That's a start. Um my personal feeling is is that Riverside County, especially the desert area, you've got a lot of golf courses. Mm-hmm. And this is the best time of year to play golf in the desert right now. And I think Somebody in a high place made some phone calls to the people of Riverside County saying, look, this is a money thing right now. You are absolutely uh, screwing us with the fact that, you know, we can't have golf because they had initially made the uh, rule until the end of June. So um, magically, two months before that, they lifted it. So I think there was some some you rub my back, I'll rub yours going on. (laughs) And, uh, I think it's good anyway. I think it's great. I I don't think that golf, golf courses, tennis courts. Um, I mean, you got to get out, you got to do something. I mean, you know, as long as you're, you're, you're taking precautions. I mean, a tennis court, you should be able to go play tennis for Christ's sake. You know, you're on one side of the the net, you know, your opponents on the other. And unless you meet in the middle to kiss each other, um, you know, you're going to, it's tennis. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've seen here out in uh, the Riverside County area, there've been at first it was like, hey, don't go to public places. Don't go to the park. It, it eventually it gradually got worse as far as uh, police and uh, police presence. They, they started to close all the gates. They started to put caution tape over the entire park area. So they were really serious for a while about nobody uh, going anywhere and it's nice to see that they're at least starting the process of of, of opening up some well, different places.
1: You know, the, the power of the people are, are very very powerful. You know, you've got if you if you uh, <clears throat> you know uh, gather at masses and you decide you're not going to put up with this bullshit like they are in yeah. San Diego and other places. You know, uh, sooner or later, the, the politicians who are making these rules are going to relent a little bit. And I understand both sides. I understand that, you know, you've got to, you want to keep this virus from getting out of control and having a relapse. I get it. But on the other hand, I also understand that people can't afford to not work. They can't Mm -hmm. afford to stay home and sit in their pajamas all day. You know, luckily, I'm in a different situation. There's a lot of people like me that are retired. We're able to do that. But I really feel for the folks that can't. People are losing their jobs. They're not going to get them back. Um, this thing, this pandemic, wasn't their fault, you know. And it's just too damn bad that we can't uh, print up enough money and write enough checks to people to cover their what they would actually make on the job. Twelve hundred dollars isn't shit. They can't live on that. No. And unemployment I, I, is I, not going to cut it forever. You know, no, it's not. There, there's got to be something and, you know, it's, you know, there's, a. you read a whole lot of stuff on both sides that this was a man-made uh, virus made in a Chinese uh, laboratory. You also read that it came from, from an infected bat or some damn thing. We don't <laughs> know. Who knows? We don't know. They don't know. To be honest, I don't think they know how how if this thing came in october or november or if it started in february I, I don't think they really have a they're they're i've heard so many theories
0: yeah and and you know until you start testing who knows if it was here before that or not you, you don't know like you were saying and you know a lot of people watch the news uh daily and they're like looking for this this big change i try to avoid the news i, I get updates and I, and i'll look up certain things but uh, frankly, I get tired of this. Hey, we're in a bad situation. Hey, it, it it went up like this. It went down like this. It's like, okay, tell me tell me when things are going to start to change. I get tired of listening to the news and, and hearing people talk about it because it's just frustrating. It's like nothing's changing. Yeah, I, you what know, yeah, I wish I was
1: like you. I wish I could just tune out the news and not listen to it. <laughs> But I'm such a freaking busybody. I, I need to know people's business. I want to know what's going on. You know, I, I, I just have, you know, my, my nose is probably too big for, for my face. And I want to know what's going on. So it's hard for me to just <laughs> shut it off because I like to know what, you know, kind of uh, ridiculous bullshit that comes out of Mayor Garcetti's mouth, you know. <laughs> you know he, I, I hear his daily sermon, and it makes me want to throw up because, you know, he, he talks to us like we're all a bunch of children. And um, to hear him, you know, he said the other day that there will not be uh, sporting events with fans for the entire rest of the year. Well, what he's saying, what he's saying is, is that uh, there's going to be no college football
0: mm-hmm.
1: with fans. Why play then? Yeah. Why play? That's the point? That will destroy completely. Just destroy athletic programs that football funds and finances. And I, I just can't fathom that. And if it happens, you know what? And if they can show me doc, if they can, if, if you can prove to me that that will help, great. Um, you know, what else can you do? But just make that statement on April 15th when yeah. the season would start in September or even move it to October it, it to me is completely uh, asinine. Say that right now. My big,
0: yeah, my biggest fear is that this sets a very bad precedence. This set the next time some other virus or, or, or disease or something comes up. Oh, well, we did it in 2020. We'll just shut everything down and, and take uh, six months off. It's like, no, no, we that's not, it. we cannot afford, we it. can't do that. There's got to be a better way to combat this thing. And, and I don't want to be cold-hearted, but at some point we got to we got to move on and move forward. It's like okay, no, let,
1: let, let's take a let's take a, uh, a let's take a, a lesson out of Israel's playbook. Let's issue every American a gas mask, okay? And instead of a nuclear attack or or some type of attack from one of our our uh, uh, countries that d- doesn't like us, we'll put the gas mask on when uh, the uh, the dreaded uh, Australian flu comes the next time or something, okay? you know we'll all wear gas i mean there's got to be something you know i remember 20 25 years ago when israel was 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 uh fighting with somebody and everybody in the country was issued a gas mask and they'd have gas mask drills in their schools and you see these little kids putting on gas masks that were bigger than they were and i'm thinking that's that's crazy but it's smart
0: mhm uh- I, I know there's people at the highest levels working hard to come up with solutions and answers. But my concern is that, you know what? People who really want to do us harm, this has given them like a tremendous blueprint for, for coming up with some virus. And It's like not only can we can we hurt a lot of people theoretically, but we can also cripple their, their economy. We can just change their way of life. And so that is very big concern for me.
1: And then I, you know, then I saw, I saw Bill Gates talking the other night. You know, I've got a lot of respect for Bill Gates. He's a smart guy. He's got a lot of money. But who the fuck is Melinda Gates? Okay, what, loss, what, what, what medical school did she graduate from? Why is she talking? Just go count your money and, 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 and serve your old man and shut the fuck up. Who are you?
0: <laughs> oh, it's just. Uh, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I things. So I,
1: I won't throw another F-bomb the rest of the show. I apologize, but you know what?
0: That I, I think you've hit your that
1: limit. that you you put a you put a uh, uh, you put a, uh, a thing out saying this is for mature mature audience audiences only. Right when we do this, because sometimes I get say yes. and I can't control myself, but I feel good <laughs> that I can on this this venue because I have that you know that freedom. Um,
0: you gotta yeah, unleash. <laughs> you do, you do. But again, yeah. that's
1: that. I saw that the other night, and I go. Who the hell is she, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, even, even Trump's smart enough to keep his wife, you know, in the wife <laughs> taking care of the kid. You don't see her talk. And I'd much rather <laughs> see her talk, trust me, than Melinda freaking Gates.
0: <laughs> oh, we are all very frustrated, and, and this, is, this is getting to – I can't believe we're almost to May. It, I mean, we're a few days away, and you know what? I, I was surprised how quickly things have moved. We're going to be to May and before you know it, the summer. So uh, I, I really hope things get changed quick here. Whoever's in charge, you guys working on cures and all these different things, like, you know what, you got some time here, but you, you better get it going. Like we got to, you know, I'm not trying to say, hey, football is everything, but, you know, that's in September. And if you're looking that far ahead as, as to this being a, a terrible time, it's like, well, that's that's far too uh, you know, if, if,
1: if I were the Rams or the Chargers or any other uh, you know, team in the National Football League and you tell me for the entire 2021 20, season we are not going to have fans, you know what? I'm closing my stadium down, and I'm saying, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to go rent out uh, uh, El Segundo High School, and that's where we're going to play our games. And you bring <laughs> your cameras, CBS, NBC, whoever, ESPN, get your cameras set up at El Segundo High School. And that's where we're going to play our games because if we can't have fans, then why should we open up these big ass stadiums and mm-hmm. waste our money on? You know, we're we're dressed we're all dressed up and nowhere to go. You know, <laughs> I, I, would. Yep. I would go play my games at a at a high at a high school field. You know, and just say, you know, to hell with it. This is going to be a farce. So we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna do our part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I I see some of these protests, Bill, and, and they're starting already. I'm like, this could really get bad. As far as well, you know, yes that and no, because goes. the the people protesting
1: so? the people protesting are your eight to five ham and eggers that don't have it in their hearts or their souls to go out and break windows or dump over police cars and set them on fire. Okay. Okay. In protests of the past. Okay, these folks are pretty much law-abiding they're angry they're pissed off they're out there with their signs and they're you know they're they're, they're yelling and screaming and I think that's about as far as it'll go because these these folks are not uh, the type that that have nothing to lose by going out and 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 creating real you know anarchy they're yelling and screaming, but I think that's as far as it'll go. I could be wrong you know maybe they will go out and and uh, you know do whatever but i I, I, I really doubt it
0: well i hope we're over prepared in that in that in that area because you don't want this mob mentality to all of a sudden grow bigger than than it uh, or faster than the virus itself and you know things could get really bad i am all in favor of voicing your opinion and and, and i believe some of the things that are getting protested yeah hey let's enough is enough yeah. uh at the same time it's a very delicate situation and i'm not trying to be the man in the middle here and you know just uh all vanilla and and gray and not not pick a side. But it's unfortunately, it's we are all in the middle of this thing. So I'm just trying to think outside the box and and stay ahead of all this like like we all are.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know who the I I heard this saying once before, and I wish I knew who said it. I'm sure when I'm done here, I'm going to look it up. Um, Some famous philosopher or someone, uh, uh, somebody said years and years ago, we have met the enemy, and they are us.
0: Mm, that's true,
1: and like, I think we're going in that direction right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how. Uh, I wish something like this would bring us together, but my fear is that it's not going to.
1: I mean, we're coming to look. You know, we're kind of like one big disconnected, um, screwed up family right now. You know, we have been in the past, and we still are. You know, um, but you know when it's all said and done um, hopefully we'll look back on this and we'll go, wow, you know, we learned a little something from it, um, and, and be, and be a better country for it. I sure hope so.
0: Yes. That's the hope. That's the the prayer. And, 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 you know, every day when I wake up and that's, that's really what I, what I look forward to is that we make progress one way or another, one little bit, any, anything we can at all. So what, well, anything else, Bill, what else is on your mind?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I, uh, I think I completely, you know, pretty much uh, expunged everything. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know, man. you know, they're, give me 10, give me five minutes. I'll think of something. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm really pissed off at Amazon. I don't know why. I tried calling their number because I've done everything online I can. I tried calling the number. And of course, because that the dreaded coronavirus will get you over the phone and you'll become yeah. infected over the freaking phone. They don't answer. They're not taking phone calls, which in my opinion, that's the place to be answer talk talk to your people talk to your customers the the bottom (laughs) line is they took my money they they processed my credit card so the credit card's obviously good so the message they're displaying to me that i need to have a a uh, good one is bullshit because they took my money so why can't i get the picture why can't i now you know it's probably me i probably did something i i probably you know didn't do it right because in my day we didn't have computers we didn't even have fun you know smartphone we didn't we didn't have to do this kind of stuff and i've had to learn late in life how to be technological and i can't even pronounce it let alone do it so yeah
0: <laughs> well i i seriously do i i pray for the person that you do get through to on the phone uh I, and i hope i hope their experience isn't too terrible well you know my, with- my
1: my my phone etiquette is is atrocious you know i think i <laughs> I'll give you one more story and oh boy. Yeah. When I was, a, when I was a burglary detective, I was in a, I was in, I was in a, in a room with four other guys in a, in the size of a, of a, of a 12 year old's bedroom. Okay. It was small. It was confined. And I worked, I had the area that had the most residential burglaries in the whole city. Therefore my, my phone rang nonstop. Somebody got a garden rake stolen. We would take a report on it, and they want, and and I would get a phone call. Of, yeah, have you located my garden rake yet? And I got sick and tired of telling people, A, I don't give a flying fuck about your garden rake, and B, it's gone. Buy a new one. This is, you know, what we have here. What we have here is a tragedy, but it's not really a police matter. We documented your crime. It's not being investigated. Now go the fuck away. You know, believe me, believe me. After about. 15 or 16 of those calls in an hour, you want to break the phone. Well, I went through three telephones in one day. Whoa. Three phones in one day. And (laughs) my boss, Don Snook, bless his soul, rest his soul. Nicest, greatest man in the world. Finally came into me about three 30 in the afternoon after I broke the third phone. He said, Hey, Bill, uh, Hey, listen, um, I'm really going to have to like ask you to politely not to break any more telephones. Because uh, you know, we 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 called the uh the uh uh supply uh place in the city and um I had to give him three different names on 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 three different phones. I, I can't lie for you anymore. <laughs> and I said, you know, Don, I go, you're absolutely right. He goes, hey, why don't you just take the rest of the day off? And so <laughs> off I went. I never broke a phone after that because Don was so nice and 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 took care of me and um i just you know i didn't want to put him in a bad spot so yeah three phones in one day and, and
0: yeah but uh well I, I i hope there's no more phones uh <laughs> broken here from you in the near future we'll try to figure it out i'll I'll maybe check some stuff out for you and i'm sure if anyone listening has the same problem they can they can contact me or you and and uh and we'll, we'll fix this uh this travesty out, though We'll, we'll it, get it fixed for you. It's an,
1: it's an absolute. Uh, it's, it's a disaster. It really is.
0: Yes, I. Well, I know that you need. You need those ten Bosch episodes in one sitting. That is something you need That would right be. A, that, would I, be
1: a, that would be a ten-hour uh, um, uh, binge. That would happen. It would definitely happen. It would be ten hours where I
0: don't move. <laughs> it's very essential we'll say so let's let's try to let's try to get that fixed and, and help you out bill but uh, thanks again for another fun wednesday yeah, let's, you're let's always get off, let's get off the air before the
1: uh, fcc comes <laughs> in and, and and kicks in my door and holds me at gunpoint and tells me never to talk again for the rest of my life
0: <laughs> it may not be the fcc but i'm sure there's a few people listening who, who maybe feel that way about
1: yeah. you. <laughs> you know I, I entertain others i irritate others what can i say
0: That's what you do. That's why we love you. That's why we have you in every Wednesday for the weekly Wednesday weigh in. And again, Mike Gilbert, if you're listening, I know you're listening. Uh, You're shrugging your shoulders right now with your big mustache, just, just shaking your head going, oh, my Bill and Matt have lost it. Well, that's a challenge. It's a challenge to you, sir, to get on this show. Come on, you can do it. You got a lot of things to. I'm sure you got a long list of things to tease me and Bill about. So I am giving you the opportunity to do it on air with a handful of listeners. So that is uh, the ball is in your court, sir. Right, Bill?
1: Uh yeah. We get Mike on this. This uh, this program will spread like COVID nineteen has never spread before.
0: <laughs> Let's break the internet, man. Let's do it. Thanks again, Bill, for being here. It was fun.
1: Okay, Matt, thanks. Hey, let's live to see another day.
0: Okay, thank you, Bill Barnes, for bringing it on a Wednesday, as you do every single week on the Weekly Wednesday Weigh-In with Bill Barnes. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it so much. We look forward to having you next week. I'm already thinking of things to talk about with you, as I'm sure you are. Uh, Wow, we had some interesting stories there, some uh, not-so-great pictures painted, if you will, and uh, it was a lot of fun. As always, you never know what to expect with Bill Barnes, our favorite weekly guest. Again, guys, I want to promote to you the Lady Pipers podcast. It is found on the Anchor app. If you give them a like, make them a favorite, you'll be able to get updates but again, selfishly, it is my girlfriend's podcast, Valerie Burns. Her and her best friend, Tress Maximuk, talk about their bagpiping experiences and their various journeys. Uh, just, it, it, It's a great listen. They talk about uh, whiskey. They talk about uh, kilts and the television shows they've, they've been affiliated with. It's a pretty good listen if you're a musician. And if you just want something different, I'll tell you go ahead and tune in and you might not be disappointed so i'm tuning in it'll be on later today wednesday late afternoon here in the west coast be sure to give them a a little support guys as always you can find the get home safe podcast on many platforms it is on the anchor app specifically with our music involved in it if you can listen to it in other areas but the anchor app will provide you with all of the sights and sounds of the podcast. Uh, additionally, you can find information about the Get Home Safe podcast at Get Home Safe Podcast Facebook page. The Twitter account is Get Home Safe Pod at uh, the Twitter account, or excuse me, uh, that is our handle, at Get Home Safe Pod. Uh, And our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. I'm going to continue to repeat it. Sorry to those who who hear it every single day, but that's just going to be part of the show. We're trying to promote. We're trying to gain uh, listenership, gain uh, feedback, get some fan-friendly content out there. We just want to hear from everyone who's listening. You guys have been amazing. The support has grown. We are well over 700 plays by the time... You guys have finished listening to this episode today. And we're halfway through the week. we got three shows in. Uh, Bill Barnes always brings it in the middle of the week for us. Tomorrow, on Thursday, we have Jeff Levering on the the podcast, a Major League Baseball radio broadcaster. Him and I go back to 2008 when our paths crossed, but he is now working for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's going to have a lot to talk about in baseball, the minor leagues, the major leagues, what his family's doing. It's going to be a great interview. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for that. On Friday, we have Joe Stegner, a very unique individual, former minor league umpire, AAA umpire, also works college baseball now. Like myself, he's an Uber driver. He does so in his home city of Boise, Idaho. So be sure to tune into there. There'll be a lot lot of good laughs on that he uh, he has a very interesting outlook on life and i'm really looking forward to his interview on friday that'll that'll take us into the weekend guys get us home safe for the weekend and we got a whole nother slate of guests next week. It's already filled up. It's already the interviews are, are pretty much done. And I can promise you a lot of entertaining guests. So thank you to all who've reached out. I can't wait to sit down and record with you. Share some stories of the past. Look forward to the future. Talk about what's going on now. Just anything, guys. Just anything uh, under the sun. It's been fun to be able to be there for some people that are going through some tough times right now. With the quarantine, it's been phenomenal to just catch up with some old friends. And we should be doing this more often, not just on a podcast. But we should reach out to some people that maybe we haven't talked to in a while. Look back at some fun times. Look ahead to, to what uh, what are some, some better times ahead for us. So, guys, we look forward to your feedback. Thank you again. I cannot say it enough. So we look forward to tomorrow with uh, Thursday being uh, with Jeff Levering and Friday with Joe Stegner. Can't wait for those two interviews. You guys will like them. I can guarantee it. That'll wrap up another episode here on the Get Home Safe podcast. You can find us mainly at the Anchor app. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you for your support. You can find us on the Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter. You can email us anytime you want with any questions, comments, or topics. Thanks for listening. We look forward to tomorrow. Guys, be safe out there no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base. Get home safe.